Welcome to the Freedom to Learn podcast, exploring freedom, autonomy and social justice in education. This recording was made at the 2020 Freedom to Learn online forum. Okay, so um, having a look at what podcasting is, um, it may sound silly, but until I actually, I already had a podcast before I looked into what the definition of podcasting is, um, and it kind of made sense to me after that. So it was developed in 2004 by um, someone who used to host MTV um, kind of videos. He was a, a presenter in the US, and he came up with this idea with another, um, with an audio technician. And around that time, uh, podcasting started to be developed and then grow. The great thing about podcasting is that um, it's free from government regulation at the moment. Um, obviously, some things apply, like you can't be slanderous or libelous, but there are no kind of licenses or regulations that you need to have in place um, to be able to podcast. Um, copyright law does apply, so just be mindful if you're thinking about putting music clips or anything into your podcast. You can't just put them in without permission. Um, and it essentially combines the freedom of blogging with digital digital technology so it's incredibly dynamic you can come up with um, a podcast in a very short space of time um, and because of that many people think that it democratizes um, the once very kind of I guess corporate and quite difficult to get into and have your voice heard world of radio so before you may have had things like university radio or student radio but it wasn't accessible to everyone um, it's free to listeners which is a huge bonus and you can easily get listed in um, places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all the other places where people get their podcasts. It's low to start up so we'll talk a bit more about the things you need in place before you start to create your podcast but it's relatively inexpensive I'd say if you're able to start off with maybe a hundred pounds you could get a good setup and get yourself podcasting with with that amount of money. Um, it's accessible to most people who have access to a phone or a device and internet access. So your reach in terms of who you can get to is much broader. Okay, um, so we're going to pop into breakout rooms now just to start thinking about what the other reasons or other ways that you might find podcasting helpful for change making. We'll come back to the group afterwards and talk about um, what ideas you came up with. But it looks like um, we could split into two groups. And um, if you can just come up with as many ideas of how podcasting might be useful for change making, and that could be um, in sort of practical or ideological ways or anything else. So welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you started to think of some ideas of how uh, podcasting might be useful for change making. So I'd really love to hear some of your ideas if you're happy to share them. Um, anyone, you're just welcome to unmute yourself and to jump in with um, what you'd like to share, what you discovered in your group. I was just saying that um, one of the things that I find is when I'm working with people, um, some people prefer to learn through hearing rather than through reading. And, and so I find podcasts like super helpful for sharing as a resource to basically be more inclusive so that for folk that would rather just listen to something than like wade through some long article or whatever. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I was just, with podcasts, I, the, one of the reasons I really enjoy them is that their um, they're dialogue, their conversation. So whilst if you're reading like an article, it's one person telling you something, um, a podcast is 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 a is a is a dialogue, and I think that brings out different types of information, and and it goes and and there's a depth to the kind of exploration that you can't quite get when it's one person telling you what they think. 
Um, so I really appreciate listening into that. Almost feels like you're sitting around a dinner table and you're part of that. Um, yeah, that's that's one thing. There's a few others, but I'll, I'll stop there. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's really helpful. So thinking about, um, obviously you've already mentioned some of them. I'm just going to share a few other um, a few other reasons that I think podcasting is really helpful for change making. So it really helps um, in building community. I don't know if any of you are kind of avid listeners to one particular podcast, but I've noticed that some podcasts build a really huge community that's sort of discussing issues around what comes up in the podcast. So it can be a really great way to um, build more momentum into your movement to get people talking and not just listening to the podcast but actually to engage with what it is that you're sharing with them um podcasting is a growing a growing trend a growing thing that people are uh, engaging with more and more and also um it's I've noticed in, in the recent years that there's a real increase in social justice issue focused podcasts as well. And people are really um, able to engage with those more and more in different ways. Um, it's also incredibly accessible compared to other um, other methods that are out there or other modes. So if we're thinking about um, in-person events, for example, if you're wanting to hold a forum, um, in-person events obviously eliminate quite a large proportion of people who couldn't make it for various reasons. Whereas having a podcast, being able to share what the issues are, what is going on in your movement is a really great way to be in the homes of people uh, that can be listening while they're doing stuff around the house. Um, so it's much more accessible. And there are also ways that you can make your podcast even more accessible that we'll talk about later. Um, it's dynamic. So you can constantly be adding content to your podcast and making it more um, making it more relevant to what's going on so if you think if you release a book you release um you or you have an event it's kind of stuck at that moment in time and obviously you can have follow-up things but with a podcast you could be releasing it weekly and as things happen you can really be engaging with the movement and uh, constantly following what's going on and sharing that with people um it's also low cost to take part in obviously there um you know, it does require some amount of input, but I know some people that podcast from their phones. So as long as you have a phone and access to the internet, you can get started. Um, and then it's just as you maybe change the format and look at different ways that you'd like your podcast to run, if you want to include music or if you want to edit it, then it can become a little bit, um, you need some more tools, but again, quite a few of those are free and we'll talk about those in a moment too. Um, the reason that I started my podcast was that I found that there were people making changes and working in different movements, but they weren't really communicating. There wasn't much kind of cross communication about what resources they had, what they were learning. And so I think podcasting is a really great way to get that out there. And I found that by having uh, different episodes of my podcast focused on different movements, it was really great to get to sort of introduce people to um, whether it's from queer rights, from children's rights to um, fat activism or, you know, all kinds of things. You can have people in different movements cross um, sort of cross communicating about what they're working on. And I think it's been really interesting for me to hear not only. Um, so, for example, I had a guest that was um, involved in sort of spirituality and working around um, queer rights but then also hearing from them about death positivity I was like oh that's really interesting that's another thing I'd like to go away and look more into so all of these different things come up and it's not um I feel like you're not having to stick to one particular topic it can just flow and be really agile 
So we're going to um, have a look at some of the practical things. Before we move on to that, does anyone have any questions so far about anything that's come up? Okay. Um, so thinking about the practical ways, I, it's taken me a while to kind of put this together because there are so many things to podcasting and not to make it sound really complicated but if you think um there's like an intro there's a music segment if you have theme music for example uh, there's an outro there are editing all kinds of things and i wanted to sort of distill it down so that you can start to ask yourself a few questions to begin with um, and then at the end i'll share with you a really helpful article that lists um lots of different things that you can be like a different process that you can take yourself through in order to get yourself set up so thinking about format, um, audience, uh, equipment, hosting and accessibility. They're the main things that I've picked out, but we will uh, come back to other things, I'm sure, as we move into the Q&A. So looking at the format, I know everyone, you mentioned about people having, it almost being like a fly on the wall and people are having a chat at the dinner table, for example. Um, so you might like to think about how you're going to structure your podcast. It could be um, segments where you have, in this particular segment, I interview someone, or um, we always talk about this at the beginning. I mean, it could be like, what's new in the movement? And then it could be moving on to, to something else. Um, you can have different formats and different structures. And I should have annoyingly put this who part underneath the structure so imagine that that's there and with the who it can be solo so some people just have a podcast where they just talk for half an hour about stuff and personally I don't find that as engaging I really like having the other voices but that's you know it's another way that you could do it you could have a co-host so someone that's always on the show with you or you could have like a guest co-host that comes on and you talk about different topics and um, you can have interviews where you're either doing segments with people or you're having one particular person on for the whole podcast so there are lots of different ways that you can structure it and if you've listened to some of the more um i guess some of the more well-known podcasts i'm thinking for example like guilty feminist or um where they're very structured and every week they ask the same questions at the beginning they have a panel in the middle where they'll talk about the theme of the week or something and then at the end they'll have you know another few questions and then they'll close um so you can follow a really strict format like that or you can have it much looser and just a conversation and um, for me i found that conversation is really enjoyable and for anyone who's unsure about public speaking skills or feels a bit nervous about public speaking i think thinking of it almost as just a chat and someone's coming around for a tea or they're just on zoom um helped me to really relax into it and just to feel comfortable to have a conversation rather than feeling the need for it to be this kind of special um very formal discussion or you know format um, in terms of how long you want your podcast to be, that's also an important thing to consider. I think it's best to keep it consistent if you can at, at all. Um, so 30 to 45 minutes seems to be the most, when I looked in different um, places when I was setting up, the kind of recommended length of time. I think it's long enough to keep people's attention, but not too long that they're like, I can't get through this in one sitting. Um, 60 minutes tends to be the maximum. There are some podcasts that go on for two hours, but I think if you're really wanting to be able to, um, for people to capture it, for example, in their commute or when they're doing a task around the house or anywhere else, I think 30 to 45 with a maximum of 60 is probably as far as you want to go. Um, then thinking about the number and frequency. So I have 
had a series because I felt that it was um, worked better for me to book the guests in for the interviews and then to release a series of podcasts. Some people have them on an ongoing basis where they'll have like, they'll just have 200 episodes and they'll just keep going and releasing one all the time. Um, with that in mind, are you going to release it weekly? Are you going to release it monthly? Some people release them as and when. It depends on your following, but if you have something like um, Apple Podcasts, obviously your um, it automatically downloads the podcast every week, say, when a new one's released. So if you're going to be doing it a little bit more intermittently, you might just want to be communicating that with your audience that there'll be one a month or that there'll be um, one a quarter, whatever it might be. And if it's a bit less relevant or a bit less obvious, the pattern, just make sure that you're communicating that in wherever you're sharing about your podcast so people know that if you haven't done it for a while it's not because you've disappeared or that they can't listen anymore it's just because you're taking a break or it's not a regular thing that you're releasing um, and so yeah we've already talked about who um, and if there are any questions about this then do let me know otherwise we can come back to that at the end okay think okay um so then thinking about audience if you've come up with the structure and you're, you have an understanding of how often you're going to release your podcast, what kind of um, structure it's going to follow and how long it will be, it's important to think about who your audience are going to be. So you want to, um, when you're uploading your podcast onto the different platforms, you have to select categories. So for example, you have to say um, that it's in entertainment or that obviously there's loads like science fiction, all kinds of ones. But you can't just really say my podcast is for everyone because you will need to choose um, two or three categories that it fits within. And obviously then it's more visible to those people. So thinking about who is within your movement, whatever it is that you're working on, who might this appeal to and where might you need to place it? What, which of the categories would be best to choose in order to get your podcast in front of people? Um, obviously, there are thousands of podcasts, but the more, um, the more closely, what's the right word, the more pinpointed you have it with things like keywords and then with choosing the categories, the easier it will be to find for people. And they may come across it when looking for other related podcasts as well. So thinking about building momentum, if you have a community, a community group that is already built around your podcast, then obviously that's helpful and you can um, draw on your community to kind of share your podcast and to get it out there. But having, um, I think we mentioned before, not only having space for real discussion about what issues come up in your podcast, but building community means that people will take um they can take issues from your podcast, they can take ideas and then move them forward wherever it is that they're based. Um, there are lots of ways that you can then use your podcast to build further momentum. So you can have um, obviously community groups, you can have meetups if you're in a specific area where um, if you're podcasting about say a local issue then you could obviously do local meetups. You can do group calls if you're someone who um, does has particular skills like around meditation or whatever it might be you can also offer that to your podcast guests in order to build that sense of community and I'm not talking about um this isn't kind of a, a business idea this is just a way to bring your group together and to help them to further the issues um, something else that's really nice is asking your audience to recommend guests so obviously they listen to your podcast they have an understanding of who they like to listen to what things they're interested in and asking them to recommend who they should 
um, or who you should talk to, or what issues should you be um, should you be covering that are related to your particular topic or area of interest. It can also be really a great way to get them engaged, but also a great way to make sure that what you're sharing is relevant and useful for people. Okay, um, and then with equipment, um, thinking about the setup, I know I've said already that it's relatively easy. Um, personally for me, it's always easiest or has been easiest to do the interviews via Zoom, so online. And um, obviously this is kind of more relevant now that we don't really have much choice often. Um, but I would say that the idea would be um, to have a setup, if you want to keep it as basic as possible, would be to do the recordings over Zoom or Skype. And the way that you can do that is by um, having a computer, a laptop. I don't, I haven't tried recording with an iPad, but I, it could be possible. But personally, I've used a laptop and that's been fine. Um, a USB microphone, I can show you mine actually, it's just here. Um, so this was about £55 from Amazon and I got it because it can grow with um, your podcast. It's not a particularly fancy one, but it's something that you can use indefinitely. And if your setup was to grow, then you can just keep using this uh, for as long as you like. So it's about 50, I think it might be £57 at the moment on Amazon. Um, and there are some similar ones. Some are an awful lot more expensive. So this was kind of a, a good best one that I could get. Um, so it's a Samsung Q2U and I can send you the link if that would be useful and obviously access to the internet. The internet can be really challenging and um, particularly when you're recording and you can't always hear if you have skipped or your audio has skipped, the other person might have done. Um, so maybe just mention to them if they notice that your audio freezes or anything you can just stop and rewind a little bit and then carry on from where you were so that you don't miss whatever point that might have been. Um, editing software. So great news that editing software is completely free. I haven't had to spend anything on editing software. Audacity is a really good one. It's a bit weird when you first download it. It can seem quite strange, but there are lots of YouTube videos that make it really clear. And really, I found that I only needed about two buttons in order to be able to do the things that I wanted to do, which was um, to be able to cut things out <laughs> and to move things around. Um, so even if you don't have any editing experience, it's really no, for, in my experience, I'm not a super techie person and it's not been any issue to be able to edit my podcasts. Um, I, yeah, you pick it up really quickly, I think. GarageBand. Oh, good for Android. Um, for Android, I think you would actually need to use a laptop probably i haven't tried recording it on a on an android phone but you could do and they may i'm sure there's google or um youtube videos that talk about how you can do that no i'm talking about um the editing softwares because i edit myself i've got like loads of videos i edit yeah and um i would just like to use these um, yeah, so Audacity, I don't think you can use it on a phone. I think you would have to use it on a laptop. Um, I don't even think you can use it on a tablet, but it might be worth Googling and seeing if you can. Um, GarageBand, if you have an iPhone or an, I, um, an iPad, you can use that to edit. Um, again, I haven't got experience of recording in that way, so I wouldn't know. Um, I wouldn't be the best person to explain that to you. Um, and thinking about how you go about recording. So if you're wanting to do... Um, if you're wanting to do face-to-face, -face, it's a slightly different setup and you would actually need um, a, an audio box with two different microphones that go into 
that recording device and that can be quite expensive so I would say if there's the option for you to do it via the internet even if the person you want to interview lives down the road it's much easier to do it this way to just do it via zoom or skype and um, with skype you need specific recording software but it's very easy and free I've heard and um, whereas with zoom you can record with a free account um, you just only get a certain maximum of recordings before you have to delete the other ones to make space for the new ones. Um, does anyone have any questions about the, the technical setup? I'm not an expert, but I'll do my best to help you. Um, and then hosting. So once you have, I'll talk you through sort of a step-by-step -step of how I would record my podcast but once you've got it all ready you want to make sure that you have a hosting platform and this platform will automatically send it through to all of the directories that you need so I use Captivate personally Buzzsprout is the cheapest one or one of the cheapest ones I chose Captivate because there's sort of tiered pricing you do have to pay for that and it cost me about um it depends on the exchange rate, but it seems to be between sort of 11 and 15 pounds a month for the hosting. And then once you get a certain amount of listeners, you move up to another another amount. And so if you're someone who's really wanting to grow your podcast, Captivate's quite a good one to go with because you pay the lowest amount whilst you have the lowest audience. And then as it expands, you would pay more. Um, obviously, you can change if you find that you're paying a lot. But um, hopefully that's a, a great problem to have if you have so many listeners that you have to think about changing to a different platform. Um, when you have all of those, um, when you have your hosting platform, you upload your episode onto the platform and um, there are a few things that you need to do, which I'll cover in a second, that are relatively straightforward and then you are connected to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and anywhere else that people tend to get their podcasts. So if you do choose a different platform, I'd recommend that you... Um, that you make sure that whichever one you choose does submit to the directories that you want it to, uh, because otherwise it can be a bit of a faff. And um, once you put your podcast onto um, onto the hosting platform, it will take a few days if you've not done it before. So when you first launch it, it will take I think about five days before it will appear on Apple Podcasts. Um, so just don't if you plan a launch. Just be mindful that you cannot launch it on the day that you upload the episode. You're going to have to give yourself some time in between and then see, oh, yeah, OK, it's live now. And then you can start to um, to promote it. Um, oh, Amy, I didn't I haven't heard of StreamYard. So that's that's a good one. OK, cool. Yeah, I'll look into that as well. Thank you. Um, so accessibility. So podcasts are really accessible to people for lots of reasons uh, compared, as Sophie was saying earlier, about um, compared to other modes. For example, if you're um, sending people to articles that can be really overwhelming and take a long time to read. So podcasts can be a really great way to get information um, in an accessible way. And I try to make my podcasts as, as accessible as possible. So I always have transcriptions with my podcasts and there are different ways that you can do it. When I first started, I was literally just listening and typing, which takes a long time. An hour's podcast was taking me about five hours to transcribe. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> and then I found a really helpful software called Otter. It's otter.ai is the website and essentially you upload your episode. It can take a while if it's a, an hour long, but if it's something shorter, then not so long. 
um, upload your episode onto there and it will use AI to transcribe your audio and then you can just listen to it whilst you're um, whilst you're reading it back through to check that it hasn't kind of picked words up wrong. Sometimes it does and you just want to make sure that the words that it comes out with are not completely irrelevant. Um, Temi is another one, but they charge you, um, I think it used to be 10 cents per minute. So it would end up being about $5 for transcribing an hour's worth of podcasts. Um, whereas now they've put it up to like 25 cents, which is really quite expensive. And at that point I was like, no, I'm not using it anymore. So I switched um, to Otter and I now have a subscription to Otter and that costs, I think, £8 a month. Um, and you can have something like 600 hours of, of audio on there before you have to um, before your limit comes to an end and you have to wait for the next month. So that's a really good way to kind of inexpensively make your podcast accessible. And also with the transcript, you can then copy and paste your transcript into your show notes. And it's another way to have all the keywords in there because what has been discussed in the podcast is obviously um, the key words. It's a very long version. So thinking about making a website, if you are planning to make one, if you already have one, that's great. If you want to make one to go with your podcast, um, it's really great to make it accessible. So that's something I'm working on at the moment with my website so just thinking about things like color contrast that it's easy for people to tell um for example having this black and white is hopefully clearer than if i was to have red and green um and also having space for alternative text for images having audio descriptions of um any videos or any or any things that are on your podcast on your podcast website um, in video format also making sure that the content is usable with a screen reader is another way to make um, your podcasting website as accessible as possible and then finally um, I have had some requests from people to have my podcast in a video format because some people have said that for them um, audio is really helpful but actually they take in more when they can see the people having the conversation rather than just hearing the voices and um, so if that's something you're comfortable with you could also record um you could record your skype or zoom calls and use the video as well and upload that to somewhere like youtube um, or vimeo but again that's kind of another step and that's something that i don't think i'll do because um yeah personally i i just i'm not sure how that would work with having some guests who were happy to be videoed and others who weren't so i think for me for now it's easier to, to stick without video uh, but if you were to start using video also thinking about using captions or a transcript so that your video is accessible as well okay so i'm just going to give you a really quick step-by-step -step of how I would go about sort of from beginning to end recording an episode or well creating a podcast episode and then we'll have time for questions as well. So first of all you want to have something in place for arranging your interviews um, and that can look like just a really simple email where you outline what you expect your guests to, to have in place in order to take part in the podcast. If you're looking for guests there are some really great um, websites I think there's one called matchmaker.fm um, where you can essentially put what your podcast is about or who you want to be as a podcast, what kind of things you want to be on as a guest. And it's a good way to kind of get matched and maybe get more people onto your, your podcast or be on other podcasts. So I'd arrange the interview with specific, um, like be, make sure you're in a quiet place, make sure you have access to headphones at least and um, with a microphone in them, um, like this kind of thing, or have, um, if they have a microphone, that's great too. 
Um, what else? I would say just make sure that you've made the format clear in your email. So um, talking about what you're going to be doing and what questions might come up. Are there any things they want you to avoid so that on the day you're not kind of springing these things onto people or um, saying that you have a very loose structure and actually there are things that you would like them to have thought about in advance. So just thinking about that with the arranging interview stage. Then you want to be recording your interview via Zoom or Skype if you prefer. Um, being mindful of things like obviously sound, making sure that that's all working okay, but being mindful of things where the internet might drop out, just going back and making sure that you've said that clearly so that you can edit out the, um, the annoying part and then you can have it in full. A really good trick that I heard was when, if you kind of fluff your words or you decide that you want to take that bit out, if you make three clicks, like that with your um, tongue, or you can do it like this. Um, on Audacity, you'll see that there'll be three spikes, and then you know there's a place where you have to edit something out, rather than listening to the whole thing and seeing where you needed to, to remove something. Yeah, so it's a really good tip. When I found it out, I was like, oh, it's genius. Um, and so then I would, I've got my interview recorded, and I've like spoken to my guest. So then we move on to recording an intro and an outro. So your intro can always be the same if it's like, welcome to the Queers and Co podcast. My name's Jem Kennedy. I'm your host, blah, blah, blah. You can have that bit that you just, all the time, you have it saved as an audio file and you just add it into um, Audacity, like into your podcast recording in Audacity each time. If you want music, that's something else that you can have and you can actually kind of block, um, you can save your, intro music and your verbal intro as um as a block so that you can just upload them each time rather than having to always make sure that you're starting to speak as the music fades um, then you want to be recording depending on how you do it so if you have a podcast episode where you're talking to your guests and before you actually speak to your guests in the zoom recording you introduce them obviously you don't need to go back and record it but for me i tended to really get um have the interview first so that then i had a better idea of how i wanted to introduce them before the interview um before i put the interview into the podcast so you can then go back and record a separate audio track in audacity where you say it's great to have you here today i'm going to be talking to whoever we're going to be talking about this this and this and then you can have the interview part of your um your zoom recording and then at the end of that you don't have to, it can just finish, um, or you could have music and it finishes, but you might like to record an outro as well, where you say, thank you so much for listening, next week we'll be talking to whoever, if you know, um, or I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts about this, please share them via whatever way it might be, or share it with all your friends so they can listen. Um, then, so you've got all of those, like the recording of the intro, the main recording of the Zoom interview, and then you've got your outro, so you've got them all kind of lined up, and I wonder if it might be helpful. Um, I'm just actually going to show you a really quick example of an Audacity file so you can see. Hmm. Okay, maybe not. My computer doesn't seem to want to do it. But essentially, um, it's like a timer across the top and you just have the different tracks, the different parts of what you've recorded. And then you can drag them all around and drop them so that they're all in the right place. Um, if you need to edit anything out, then you can do that in Audacity. I have tried not to edit things because I think it's really good practice to just 
try and make sure that what you're saying in your podcast is what you want to be out there. It takes a long time to go back over everything and edit it if you're um, really wanting to be very, um, what's the word, very controlled in what you say and it all needs to be perfect. Um, so I would encourage you just to allow it to be informal and to be a chat to save yourself time in going back and editing everything. Um, thanks everyone, thanks for coming. Yeah, so really trying to keep your editing time to a minimum. Otherwise you find you've got a podcast recording of an hour and then you spend hours and hours editing it and putting it all together. Um, then I would transcribe the interview, so I'd use Otter for that. If you don't want to transcribe your interview, that's your choice. Like it's not, you don't have to, but personally I think it's really um, a way to make it more inclusive and accessible to as many people as possible. And then show notes. <clears throat> so different people engage with the show notes in different ways, but I found that generally there are guests who will say, oh, I read this book or this particular person was really helpful to me. And it's really great to be able to signpost people to that person rather than expecting them to just pick it all up from the podcast episode. So on your hosting platform where you upload your podcast, you'll have space. Um, to include show notes and if you come up with there are lots of templates and sort of ways that you can do it yourself on the internet you're very welcome to have a look at mine they're not you know particularly amazing but I make sure that I have a format each week where I have for example um, an introduction and the links that were mentioned in the podcast then I have um, some links to whoever I've had on as a guest to all of their work different things that they are keen to share um, and then I have the transcription underneath so you can just have like a format so you can easily come back to that and then I will upload the episode and schedule it all on the hosting platform so that's kind of a beginning to end step-by-step -step guide I'm really aware that I've talked a lot because it's a lot I'm sorry if I've overloaded you um, hopefully it's helpful but I'm here if there are any questions or anything that you um, aren't sure about yes I'm wondering if it might be helpful now to do the Q&A and then potentially to look at how podcasting can help you after that um, so Vicoya I know that you had a few questions um, I'm just having a look back through the chat to see if anyone else had any um, so in terms of what type of podcasting I do um, my podcasting is uh, it's called and co so it's working with lgbt um people and um allies so people who um are also respectful of that um and it brings people from different movements different change making movements together um so for example sophie has been on talking about children's rights um i've had other people talking about all kinds of other stuff um yeah hopefully that answers your question but let me know if you have any more I don't think anyone else had any more in the chat. Okay. Yes, um, thank you. I heard, I heard what you said. Cool, thank you. Um, Amy, I think you're... Uh, did I see another question? Because I forgot. Um, I can't see another one in the chat, I don't think. Um, oh, and you said, oh, what yeah, do I mean yes, by I she and they? I wanted to ask... I wanted to ask what um, the she and they thing... Yeah, and thanks for asking. So I'm non-binary, so it means that I don't identify as um, being a woman, and so I don't only use she pronouns, so I use she or they pronouns. Okay, because I, I don't know what that means. Oh, okay. Um, so I wonder, Beth, if you might have a better way or a different way to describe it than me, if you'd like to say anything. 
there are some really good um, YouTube videos explaining this, aren't there? So I post, mm-hmm. shall I find one and put it in the chat? That might be the best way. That would be amazing, Becky, you don't mind. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the question. Yeah, absolutely. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay, Amy. Yeah, my question was, in terms of um, promoting your podcast, what do you do um, if you could just kind of give a little bit of, uh, if you can talk on that, like, do, do you use lots of different social media, do hashtags, or do you do trailers, or what kind of thing, please? Yeah, absolutely, great question. Um, so, personally, I have um, done things like promote it on Facebook each time there's a new episode, um, and on Instagram, so I'll have a picture of my guests. I always have a picture of my guests on my website as well um, for each of the podcast episodes, and then you can use that with social media. Um, another great way to do it is to take quotes from your podcast episode. Um, so, for example, if, if someone said something, um, yeah, whatever someone said, and you found, like, found really useful or interesting, you can make a really easy image in Canva and just put a quote on there and share that too. Um, there's a really great podcast, actually, I'll, I'll post it at the end in the chat. There's a really great person called Anna Parker-Naples, I think, um, who does... I mean, she she talks about podcasting if you're a coach or some kind of a practitioner, but you don't need to be to find her um, stuff useful. She talks about this whole kind of way of launching your podcast and she has step-by-step ideas as well. Um, but in terms of launching it, there's a you can kind of gather all your friends together, get everyone into a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group or somewhere that feels good to communicate with them. You can say that you've got this podcast going live in five days or you know within five days because you put it up there. And then you're able to on the day get as many people as possible to go there and download an episode to listen and to hopefully rate it five stars. Um, and one a person that I know who just did that they got 58 reviews, I think, in the first couple of days. And they ended up being something like third in the charts for business podcasts. um, So above like very established podcasts. And having that kind of concerted effort at the beginning is really helpful for getting it launched. Um, And then after that, I think it's a case of regularly posting to remind people, sharing images, like sharing other people's work that you've had on the podcast. Um, You can do like throwbacks as well to like, oh, when I had so-and-so on the podcast, remember we talked about this. Um, And the other thing, like obviously asking friends and family. And the other thing, having maybe a Facebook podcast group where you can get people to kind of share it and um, engage with them as well and build it from there. And make reference to that group if you have one on the podcast. I would like to ask a question. Sure. Oh, I can't hear you. I'd like to ask um, a few more. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, So I want to ask you, how did you get about making a website? Was it like um, more support or did you make it yourself? Um, I use Squarespace for my website, which um, I found really helpful because it's kind of got templates that you can customize it a lot and you can put loads of different things into it so it's not just um like one format for one and um, squarespace what is I'll it called it again? Chat. it's a really um it's squarespace. squarespace and some people use wix as well i put it in the chat just in case it's yeah I, I use wix i use wix as well okay yeah yes it's similar 
Um, I just found Squarespace, Squarespace a bit easier to use. Let me go ahead. And um, also, um, have you gone, have you gone abroad, um, abroad like for your podcast before? Um, yes, I have interviewed people overseas. Um, in the US, I don't think I, no, I've only done it with people in the US, and it worked, it worked fine. Yeah, I think as long as you both have a, a oh, okay. reliable internet connection. Then One last question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, one last question. What um, advice do you give to like younger people? Because um, I'm in, um, I'm going to year ten, so still have a lot ahead to learn. So, like, what advice do you give? Yeah, and in what context? Like, in related relation to podcasting or anything else? Um, in relation to podcasting, do you know anything about like campaigning? Because um, like yes, in podcasting, you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, there's a bit of a delay, so I'm not intending to talk over you. Um, yeah, I, so the reason I started my podcast was um, with the intention of doing activism um, and campaigning in some way. So I think um, in terms of advice, I would say just start it, just give it a try and record as many episodes as feel like that you need to record to feel confident and just put them out there and even if you just listen to it to begin with and see how you feel maybe get some friends to listen to it and then just get it out there and see what happens I think you learn a lot as you go along um and there aren't that many mistakes you can make I think it's all just learning and just give it a go and I don't think no I think I would recommend not waiting until you feel like you have this perfect podcast to put out there just do it and see see where it goes nowadays the younger generation they're not they're not into um stuff like that because they're always on their phones I'm not gonna lie i i'm i'm not the type of people like that but i, I like to campaign for change as well mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things out there that people need to know and some people don't take it seriously and are you are you guys going to be coming on sunday i mean is it sunday the last one the pitching. I'm not sure. Yeah, Sophie will know more about that than me. Yeah, on Sunday oh, yeah, there's the... a session about passion pitches. So anyone that's got a passion for an issue that they want to share with other people can book into that event and then have the opportunity to share about it with um, the other people that are there and, and raise awareness about it. Sounds great. Cool. Please okay. support me. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> I'll come along. Okay, thanks so much, Amy. Thanks for coming. And um, Simi, you had another question. Please go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to know. Um, you talk about like um your listener engagement and like user engagement. What is the best platform for that? Of like getting questions from your um listeners or hearing feedback. Which one yeah. do you like to use? I think um, I think it depends on where your ideal audience hangs out. Um, for some people, that might be Instagram, but I know it's kind of slightly less engaging in that you're not in groups. It's just like posts on a group chat or on a photo. Um, I found personally that Facebook has worked really well. Um, you could, depending on what your issue is, um, it could be that LinkedIn is a helpful space if you created a group on that, if it's more kind of um, within a workplace, for yeah, example. True. But I think for me, I found Facebook to be a really helpful place to create that. Um, and because people are generally on it anyway, they can head to the group in order to engage because they're just on it already. I think LinkedIn is like more professional. 
yeah if you're if you're sort of campaigning around um i don't know employment changes or anything related to that then i think linkedin could be really helpful but if it's um more social change in general then personally i think facebook is a really good place to to hang out for that kind of thing so i'm gonna um just pop back to this lastly and um, so thinking about how podcasting might be helpful for you there are only a few of us so we won't go into a, a breakout room to do this but i'm wondering so far if there's anything that's come up for you about how podcasting might be helpful for your work or for your particular movement whatever that might be and um, if there's any thoughts that spring to mind then just feel free to unmute yourself and and let me know okay if not, that's completely fine. Yes, here we go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I'm part of Changemakers Lab, and I think um, podcasting could be really useful to helping to go uh, like deep dive into different areas of the education system, and then also having conversations like one to one, like interviews with um, different people across the field. Um, I think it could be really useful to get a bit more depth, and then also um, reach a, a bunch of people. Right. Yeah, it sounds like that could work really well for you then. Yeah, anyone else? Um, I think that podcasting would be very good because it's very beneficial. Because um, if you have podcasting, it cuts across the... Um, podcasting would cut across to different people because it is a bit general. Because, for example, someone in the car could be listening to a podcast um someone that's on social media could be listening to our podcast as well and like if you're cooking you could be listening to it and like it helps you to know a lot of information and a lot of opinions about other people yeah absolutely seems a lot of people are getting bored about reading and um, watching the news because people don't want to be hearing a lot of things um a, a lot of biased um and like only one view mm -hmm. but with podcasts you'll be able to have different views and different opinions rather than one view because if you if you actually go deep into bbc news for example you see that it's very biased compared to what a podcast would yeah so there's lots that you can do with your podcast in terms of um curating the podcast you listen to so you're accessing um the voices that you want to listen to yeah definitely so if you think you had your hand up as well yeah, I was just going to say one of the things that gets me interested about the potential of podcasting is is how you can bring people together who otherwise wouldn't meet, like unlikely um, conversations. And early on in the um, uh, in the forum, we had a really great session that Simi was part of with another um, young activist, Ava, as well, where we had a conversation between a head teacher from a different school and Simi and Ava together talking. Like they would not normally meet and have mm. a conversation but it was really interesting to have that space where it's first name terms you can talk about things in a way that's different to how you would if you tried to have that conversation in a school with a head teacher and, a, and their own student I think um, and so I really liked the thought of um, exploring that more it was on Monday morning and there's a recording. So we're, so we're going to try and turn it into a podcast <laughs> for, mm -hmm. to go on the website. But I just love the thought of do, holding more of those conversations. Like how can we bring people together that have shared experience, but wouldn't normally have that type of open conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a really great way to record social history as well. 
to actually have spaces where it's real conversations rather than it being kind of more formal and like an interview and um, it's a really great way to record things to be able to pass down to different people who are working in movements in the future too um okay so as we're coming to almost coming to a close i just wanted to do a really quick check out and just see what you're taking away um what action might you like to commit to exploring um after the session today about whether podcasting is right for you so um just i think i can see everyone's screen so um simi you're first on my list would you be happy to check out first yeah um i found the session really useful thank you um and i think i'm taking away a lot more um i think podcasting as when i just heard about it, it feels like such a daunting thing to try and get into but now i feel like it's not as you say just it's about recording it and just getting it out there so i think i'm gonna do some more research into how it works and maybe look into actually starting one Right. Yeah, I think, as you say, just get it out there and give it a go is the most important thing maybe to take away. Okay, Beck, you're next on my list. Are you happy to share? Yeah, I've been messing around with my technology. I can't see everybody. I can only see you now, so I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's been really, really useful, but I, f I feel a bit overwhelmed now. Um, but I've taken loads of notes, so it's given me things to go away and think about. Um, I've definitely got some ideas about some like informal chat conversations and that was good to that have that reiterated that that reduces the public speaking anxiety if you just mm -hmm. um, treat it as you know some of those really good chats that just happen with people at conferences or on you know just on zoom calls or um, me and a client I like Esther Perel's work mm -hmm. um, you know her um, couples um, work with couples yeah. um, like their live counseling sessions um, yeah, there's like lots of ideas. I think I'm quite a long way off doing them, but thank you ever so much for that information. It's really useful. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I'll put a, a couple of links in. I'm wondering, um, actually, as we, yeah, before we check out, or before we finish, rather, I'll just put a couple up so you have almost like a, a go-to guide of a step-by-step -step thing that you can do because there's so much. I'm conscious that I've just been like, okay. here's a load of stuff, but there's even more. Um, oh, don't worry. So yeah. It's not your fault, Gem. I'm easily overwhelmed. Don't worry. It's not, <laughs> don't take it personally. No, no worries. Okay, Sophie, are you happy to go next or on my list next? Yeah, sure. I'm just really I'm keen to, to move forward with the podcasting and just think about how at Phoenix we can use one, a freedom to learn, like how, what, what are the options? And with Changemakers as well, I'm looking forward to um, hearing more about what Simi's got in mind and, you know, just like, just, just do it, you know, and it's so, the, the thing is, there's so much power in conversation. And if you don't record it, you're almost missing an opportunity to um, share that with other people. And like, what a shame. It's so easy now to just record, just hit record, you know, in, in a Zoom call or whatever, and then, and then um, open that, that conversation up to other folk. We've got so many shared problems and issues and challenges that, um, yeah, it's, it seems like a great way to uh, really... <coughs> make the most of what people know and have to share yeah absolutely i agree okay so you're last would you like to check out yeah i would um i'm gonna i'm gonna um say the truth here i didn't actually like it what did you not know? i loved it session? oh <laughs> it was really really fun <laughs> 
Oh, you you heard what I said late, so that's why I was like, okay, they're not they're not saying anything. But it was actually very good. It was like you opened my brain, you opened my head, like pouring so much information into my head. I was very very beneficial. It was very easy. Like if you're a teacher, I'm at school. Be very easy to learn. Um, it was it was extremely beneficial. I've learned a lot of things today. Met different people. Sorry, you make wait. I just saw a message just now. Um, oh, okay. It was. Uh, oh, wow. thank you very much. It was. It was very. Um, it was very good. I loved it. Oh, thank you so and, much. Like, I do. I do videos, but I, podcasting wouldn't really be my thing. But it's quite. It's quite good because if you think about it, having a young. Po- podcaster I don't think you have much of that to you and like if you could start that that then get famous from it then it will be very very beneficial because you'll see that young people have a say yeah absolutely and I think that's a great thing about podcasting that it can be accessed by almost anyone so it you're not waiting to be like of a certain level or to have a certain amount of experience just get in there and and give it a go Thank you so much for your feedback as well. It's really kind of you to say. <laughs> um, okay. Can I? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, are any of you, did you see um, any of the comments that I just put down? Um, yeah, I saw, oh, I can see you said, is anyone here interested in charity? Would it be okay if we come back to that in just a second? I just want to wrap up the, the workshop so we kind of close yeah. it and then we can, um, I'll be around for a little while if you need any, have any other questions. Um, okay. So thank you so much, everyone, for coming. Um, I really hope that it's been useful and there are some things that you'll take away that you can do stuff with. Um, I'm excited to hear if anyone makes a podcast, so please do share it with me. I'd love to listen to them. Um, my work, if you want to find out, like, you can see how my website, like how my podcast website looks or anything, just head to gemkennedy.com. And if you have any follow-up questions or are in need of any resources, you're very welcome to email me at gem at gemkennedy.com too. Um, I will quickly stop sharing my screen and I'm going to paste these um, links into the chat. So how to start a podcast is this one with a step-by-step guide. There's also a very helpful um, podcast called Podcraft. Um, oh, where's my screen gone? Oh, sorry, couldn't find it again. Um, this is a really helpful podcast. And then the other one that I mentioned was Anna Naples or Anna Parker Naples. I'm going to share you share her website with you because she does like a whole thing. She has um, equipment lists and all kinds of other things. If you want to, that you can go and go ahead and check out what she says and like how you can promote your podcast and all kinds of other things. And um, they're probably the resources I found the most helpful over time. Okay, that's everything. Thank you so much for coming. Um, if you have any questions, I'll be around for the next 10 minutes or so. Otherwise, you're very welcome to head off. And thank you for your time. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freedom to Learn podcast. For more information about our work, check out our website at freedomtolearn.uk and find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.